What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now tuned in to the God Goals and Girl Talk podcast, where we discuss living for the kingdom of God while living in the culture. I'm your host, Sharla Walker. I'm a pediatric nurse practitioner, wife, daughter, sister, auntie, and friend. And I am on the journey of producing and fulfilling every purpose that God saw for me before the beginning of time. And I want you on this journey with me. Each week, we are going to discuss how to apply God's word to our everyday lives. Get ready for some word, some gems, and a few laughs along the way. Now let's start the show. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of God, Goals, and Girl Talk. Happy, happy new year. It is officially 2022. We are out here in these streets, and um, we are recording live on YouTube. So if you are listening to this on iTunes, Google, Spotify, you can now get full episodes with video on the tube of you. Make sure you subscribe and like our YouTube channel. I pray that y'all had a lituation for Christmas and for the new year. And we are starting off with some straight fire. So I am here today with Miss Rosalind Renee. She is a licensed therapist, the host of the Therapy as a Christian podcast. She's also a mom, a wife, and she coaches women to overcome self-sabotage and to be more productive. And with it being the top of the year, this is something that we absolutely want to uh, make sure that we're walking well in or showing up in. And um, she's also my bae and my middle name twin. And she be snatching edges. And birthday. So, and birthday. Uh, and birthday. Yes. Birthday twin. Yes. Yes. So, Rosa, thank you for being here. I'm so excited. You know I love you deep, deep. So, I'm super excited to be here. 
Yes, so I did a little bit of a mini bio, but why don't you let everyone know about you, your podcast, and um, a little bit about your journey to begin helping women show up well. That's a long story. So let me see how I can go. Well, hello, everyone. I am so excited to be on my girl's podcast because it is popping over here. But my name is Rosalyn Renee. I am the founder and creator of the Therapy is a Christian podcast, which is a podcast about all things mental health and God. And I truly have a passion for helping people, Christian, know that God cares about your mental health. And so I on that show, talk about my own personal mental health journey, as well as talk about it from the professional professional perspective. Um, because I believe that on, okay. pe- on period. Okay. Um, <laughs> but also, I also believe that God really cares about our mental health. And I think it's not discussed a lot in the religious space a lot. So I personally talk about my own struggles with my mental health, but also talk about it from the professional standpoint as well. So if you're interested in listening to that, definitely check the Therapy as a Christian podcast. Um, and then I also am the head productivity coach at Show Up Sis, where I teach ambitious women of faith how to overcome self-sabotage and procrastination so that they can become more disciplined, productive, and fulfilled. And so That started um, back before the pandemic. So I've been coaching now, probably by the time this podcast comes out, almost two years. It'll be February 22 will be two years I've been doing coaching. So that started from just like friends asking me. And I literally was like, okay, I'm going to take a couple beta clients. And it really started off me just saying, okay, maybe I could just help people manage our time better. I don't really know how to, I really want to come up with another name for it besides time management coaching. But long story short, I did that all throughout the pandemic um, before the pandemic happened. And it was just so real on how many women who were struggling with time management were really struggling with the mindset piece of self-sabotage, imposter syndrome, all of those things. And it was impacting their time. And they were really just not showing up the best way that they um, know that they wanted to, had all these burdens on their hearts to do things for God, uh, wanted to show up as the best wife, the best mom, but just did not have the tools to know how to start to do that. And so um, that is where like, I created Show Up Sis. Show Up Sis was created um, April of 2021. And I really procrastinated on it for two months. And I just like did not want to, I did not want to do it because I just was like, this isn't helpful. This isn't the God. No, I don't want to do this. And it is so, so awesome to see how it has grown since then. So that's what I do a little bit of. Um, so yeah, girl. Yes, look at you. You was like, I'm gonna do it though, God. And he was like, I'm gonna show up, bet. Oh, girl. <laughs> So in you doing um, your coaching sessions and with the clients that you've worked with, what are some of the most common like barriers that you've seen women face when it comes to showing up and executing? Yeah. So the common theme that I feel like most of the women that I work with come to me about, there's, there's an array of different things because a lot of them are either you know, we're, we're, we're type A people. We're achievers. We're high achievers. We know how to make things work, make things shake. But when it comes to actually 
knowing how to do that and also maintain your life at the same time, that's where the struggle kind of comes in. But also I think that there becomes, they describe being overwhelmed. They describe feeling like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Or if I start this, what if I fail? Or if I start this, what if I stop? They have a lot of beliefs that they see God doing it for other people, but will he do it for them? They have a lot of comparison. They feel like they just don't have enough of the resources to do it, or they have too many resources. So they just kind of don't make the decision to start. Mm -hmm. And so really what it is, is like really debunking and like clearing out the clutter is what I usually say to help bring clarity on what is individually impactful to your life. What do you have on your plate right now? And how can we create a plan to where you can effectively plan your week out? Because it's more than just planning your week. I think it's really like planning your future, essentially, and mm-hmm. really being more effective in it. And so I think we just haven't been taught how to plan. We've just been taught go to school, get a job. And I think when there's in the age we live in now, God is like pushing us to do a lot of things. And it's just like, how do I fit this into my life? How do I organize this to where it doesn't feel overwhelming and I don't get decision fatigue? Because that really happens to a, a lot of times. So those are really the common things. But really top two, I would say like the overwhelm, the self-sabotage, they procrastinate frequently, unknowingly. It's like a habitual thing um, out of just the overwhelm. Mm-hmm. That's really good. So a couple things that you said really resonated with me. One, the fact that oftentimes we'll believe something, we'll believe that God will do something for someone else, but we don't really have faith in our own miracles. I don't know what that is because I even too, my mind is like, oh, like really God, like for me? And he, you know, just as much as he loves you, he loves me. And I don't know why us, especially as like Christian women, we'll believe and pray the walls down for somebody else. But then for ourselves, we often feel like it could never happen for me. Do you, mm-hmm. like, what do you, where do you think that comes from? So I think it comes from um, a couple of things. I think it's having the space to be vulnerable. Like, I think there's a lot of times as women, probably more so now we have this, we, we never really were taught to be vulnerable. So there isn't a space to say, or hear or have a frame of reference to hear someone say, yeah, I feel like God would do that for somebody else, but he wouldn't do that for me. That's not a common conversation you're going to have with a friend group or your mom or somebody else to begin to then process why that is a thought. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think what I always tell people is therapy is one of the most powerful tools because I've used it to process things that I would have probably never thought. So you have a little bit more of an awareness of this is the problem versus kind of just going off and procrastinating a little bit because you feel like God's not going to do it for you. And so I think um, it takes time to get to that awareness piece. But I think it also takes in account to asking God, like, what are the things that are blocking this and what is what does that look like? And sometimes Sometimes he won't tell you. Sometimes he'll bring it up in a conversation with you and somebody else. Sometimes he'll bring it up when you have been pretty much in like a a place for a long time. And you're like, what is wrong? And you're finding that you don't trust me or things of that nature. And so I think we think we believe that. And I, I really think that we have not just, again, been taught how to process that in a healthy way or look at that honestly as 
one of the common attacks that comes up when you're trying to do something or go towards any goal, like the common resistance that comes up with that is that self-sabotage piece Mm of, and it's so easy to blame God because that's just an easy way for us to kind of like not address the issue. And I would say blame more so in the sense of put it on and not kind of take responsibility for what we're feeling at the moment. And I think it's just hard, but naturally what I like we it's it becomes a place of worthiness it becomes a place of is am I worthy to receive blessings that God wants to give me and how is he gonna do that and I think that's just I've learned that that's just not our job to know yeah yeah that's really really good I love that you said when you talked about talking to a family member I think not even just as women but especially Christian women when you say like I you know to try to frame that to somebody like, oh, I believe that God would do it for you, especially like older generation. Oh, you ain't got no faith. Well, now, now it's a whole separate conversation versus like you have to trust him. Da, 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 da. It's now them coming after your whole salvation because you're having wow. a struggle, even yeah. though there's a whole scripture in the Bible where the um, father was talking to Jesus. And he's like, I believe, but help my unbelief. It, it's a safe space to to be able to do that you have to ask god to help your unbelief and um know that his riches and glory are for you and i really feel like that too ties back into identity and what that looks like um for us as believers you also mentioned resistance so i know like for me in the beginning of my of my walk i always thought that resistance was a sign like it's the devil like <laughs> everything with the devil. Um, and sometimes it was decisions, mm-hmm. um, decisions that I made and got nothing to do with the devil. You just made a trash decision. And Girl. this is the consequence and the fruit. Yeah, really. um, and I, but sometimes I would see resistance and run clearly in the other direction because I'm like, God can't be in this. What I've learned as I've continued is that resistance actually is a good indicator that I'm on the right path. Right. So even when you think about like resistance bands, which was my struggle at uh, in the gym today, <laughs> when you think about resistance bands, um, they improve the strength, the size and the function of muscles in the natural. And so overcoming resistance in the spirit um, often increases our strength, size and function of our faith. This episode of the God Goals and Girl Talk podcast is brought to you by the Check God's Resume Journal. Are you struggling with your waiting season? Do you feel like God has forgotten about you? Sis, it's time for you to check God's resume. This dynamic journal will walk you through building God's resume in your own life. Take the time to recall the goodness and the miracles that he's performed in your lifetime. The journal has journaling prompts, a place for sermon notes, and so much more. This is a great tool just to remind you of God's goodness in your life and an even better tool to be passed down to your children's children as they'll be able to recount your experiences with God. So get ready to recall all of the miracles that God has performed for you. I promise you when you check his resume, he is undefeated. Click the link in the show notes to get your copy today. Now let's get back to the show. And so, you know, I, to me personally, I feel like the blessing hits different when you have to push through pressure. So what strategies would you share um, about facing and overcoming that space of resistance? Yeah. So I want to give it from the frame of emotion, because that's what I know comes up a lot for people. 
whether they are probably more in tune with their emotions than they aren't. If you aren't in tune with your emotions, and I say that not in a shameful way. um, First, let me say this. When you were talking about people who um, you talk about in vulnerable spaces and people say, well, you don't have any faith. I think it's become like a thing of shame to have challenges or have emotional feelings or even have emotional feelings towards God. I was telling a client this earlier this week that sometimes you have to tell God how you feel about him or tell what I say Mm -hmm. is tell God about God. Like, God, this is how I feel towards you because this is what's going on. And what I said is like God has space and he can handle how we feel towards him because he knows our personal mental capacity can't handle how he is like we can't handle how great he is because it's not human comprehensible in general yep which is why there's such a weight of his glory and his spirit that happens through us that we don't understand because it's beyond human understanding but Mm -hmm. going back to what she said about the resistance i think what resistance look like looks like is is just this really uncomfortable feeling of i can't do this and yeah. you're challenging yourself to push past that resistance yeah. also looks like when you're trying something and you feel like you don't have any clue what you're doing it looks yeah. like i don't even know what i'm doing and you only have what's in front of you but it seems like with what's in front of you stuff ends up happening And so you're pushing past your own capabilities because you've never seen it before. That's why we get fearful because we've never seen it before. It's like if I've seen, um, for example, somebody get healed, if, if, if a situation where somebody like personally seen somebody get healed from something, if there's another situation that happened, my frame of reference is healing. But if I've never seen that before, I may not be so quick to say God can heal. Yeah, because I had I haven't had a frame of reference for that. Or yep. for example, if I've made let's say a thousand dollars this month, I can't go back in my mind and say, "Oh, that's not possible." Mm-hmm. You, it might come up, but it, I can't say that that's not possible when I've seen it happen. Versus, I've never seen it happen. So yeah. we get fearful and we push away from resistance because we don't have a frame of reference. It's very uncertain. And we really are wanting to walk away from something we've never seen, which goes against completely our faith. Yeah. That's why faith is so important. So strategies with that, I'm going to first just say resistance is ghetto. Like it's period, yes. point blank, ghetto, fabulous. ghetto fabulous with the big hoop earrings, all of that. And I, all of that. So I think it looks like when you are not wanting to push <clears throat> through the discomfort, you avoid, you completely throw in the towel, mm-hmm. you give up, you say, I don't want to deal with this. You get angry and you're like, forget this. I don't care. You start to become resentful. You get really disappointed. You're like, this isn't working for me. Why is this going? And then you go into these spirals of comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, you go into a spiral of, blaming like it's gonna have it's happening for everybody else but it's not happening for me and really what that is is just you don't want to deal with the uncomfortableness of it which is going to happen like I don't think and there's levels to it so strategies with it I would say is in order to really know how to deal with resistance you got to know what was the thing that made you feel kind of go down this spiral I always say go to therapy that's just gonna be my uh, catch 22 with things but I also think that God reveals 
why in a lot of situations that we may not know. And I think you have to ask him. You have to ask Holy Spirit to like reveal it. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's deeper to where you do have to verbally process it out. But we sometimes don't have the tools to know how to do that. That's why I always say go to therapy because you do get the practicality of processing. Yeah. Um, the other thing I would say a strategy would be to just simply like get it out of your head, like write it down on a piece of paper, brain dump it out. Like what is going on? What are you feeling? I'm big on emotional identification. So like find a feelings chart or something where you can say, what am I feeling in this moment? And like, check it. Yeah. I think also with resistance, it's being practical. There are many women I work with who think really big and think really large on a large scale, but that's not often practical. Seriously, it's not often practical because in 24 hours, you can't do all of that. Yeah. Like you can't do that. You can probably can't even do it in a week. And so you have to really scale it back and like break it down to the nubs and say, what can I do in this moment? What's one to two things I can do? And I think when you start, can confidence comes by doing so when you start yeah. to begin to make momentum, you can really then start seeing things occur. So I say with resistance, it does build your strength, but it is uncomfortable. But the uncomfortability doesn't last. Eventually, yeah. there's a rest or tap out point. And even if you do give up along the way, that doesn't mean you didn't show up in some way. Like I'm going to tell you, Charlotte, you still showed up. But at the same time, you're testing yourself. You're conditioning yourself to push yeah. through. Now there are things where... I complained about three years ago. Then I'm like, girl, that was a walk in the park. Like, calm down. Yeah. I remember when God told me to charge for my time with God challenge and I charged $25 and I was in my boots about it. I mean, like, why are you making me do that? I was like, oh my God, why? (laughs) And I was so afraid. I was like, people aren't going to pay. This is just not going to work, Lord. And people did pay. And now, like, it's nothing for me to charge that. Like, it's not even a thought in my mind because I push past my thought process about it. And I think that's really what we're pushing past when we are feeling resistance. It's really a matter of, can I really do this? Yeah. Not shaking in your boots over $25. Girl, I was shaking in my boots, baby. I was like, because my personal thought was, God, I don't want to charge for you. Like, that was my, yes. like, if God's name is on something, yeah, I don't do that. Yeah, I had to really get past that. Yeah, I agree. And then I was like, but life will be doing it. So there's that. We'll pay Maybe. for Priscilla. We'll pay, we'll pay for Priscilla Shira. We'll pay to go to these conferences. And so to me, it's it's less about, there was a scripture I read today in like Luke that talked about um, when God sent out the disciples, he told them to leave everything. Don't like shoes, all of it. Leave everything with money. And he said, um, if they offer you something, don't turn it down because workers deserve to get paid. And I was like, huh, I never knew this was in here. Um, and so to me, there's still a level of time of study. Um, first of all, a lot of these platforms aren't free. Yeah. <laughs> and so, maybe. They, yeah. And that was what, and then this was the kicker. So I did that. I remember it like it was yesterday. Ooh, so, ooh, snatched my whole edge. <laughs> My edge is edge. Um, I remember after I did it, I was like, oh my God, I think I made like 300 something dollars. That was so huge to me at that time. Yeah. So huge. And, and you know, it's still a blessing. Um, but I remember going back to the guy like, okay, I want to go to the Find Your Voice Academy retreat. Yeah. 
And I remember like, God, you got to make a financial way for me to do this. And he was like, I've already given you something to do to be able to do that. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. you ain't got to do, you ain't got to come You ain't got to come on, just smash me up. So like, and here we are. So I think it was just, but it happened in progression again. You can see yourself. God will start to show you visions of yourself years ahead of time. Yeah. And he had to progressively work me to the, to where I'm at now, where I'll mm-hmm. charge four figures for something and won't care. Like, it, yeah. and I don't say won't care, but just like, it's not a thought in my mind of like charging my value. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was a progressive process. He had to start small with me. He knew I wasn't that comfortable I wouldn't, girl. I would have never charged what I would what I would charge now. And it's really not that much, but just saying to say, yeah. it became a progressive process. So I think that's just. Hey, sis, are you enjoying this week's show? I pray that you are. Make sure that you connect with us and you keep the conversation going. Follow us over on Instagram at God Goals and Girl Talk. Make sure that you subscribe to the show, you rate the podcast, and you leave us a review. And don't forget to share the show with your friends, your coworkers, your mom and them, all the people. Okay? Okay. Now let's get back to the show. Where it is. And so if you're relating to just resistance and just starting your process, you have to make the steps. Otherwise, you won't see the fruition of it if you don't take those steps. Yeah, if you don't plant the seed, you ain't gonna get no fruit. Period. I love that. And you said a couple things too that I want to touch on. So even in being transparent with God, um, to me, my number one um like kind of like foundation with God is authenticity. If I can't be authentic with the God who made me and knew me before I was formed in my mother's womb, throw the whole Charlotte away because he made me. He know I'm crazy. He know I'll sit up here and wear a shirt and say somewhere between look if I buck and praises what I do. He knows it. He knows. He knows. He knows every part of me. And so um, being able to tell God that like I'm mad, like I'm, I'm mad because this happened. God is a, a gentleman, so he's not going to bombard his way into a situation. He's not going to um, impose himself on you. He wants to be invited in. The Bible says that he knocks at the door of your heart. And so what happened was I was new-ish to my faith, and my grandmother had got sick. My dad got sick first, and my grandmother got sick. And I was her like healthcare point of care person. And so it's one thing for me to know that my grandmother has cancer, right? Found out two weeks, like her cancer was back. Two weeks, we'd already sold our house. We're leaving St. Louis in two weeks. And I could not believe that God, <laughs> I'm like, God, wait, like, I-, I need to stay here. I need to um, continue to be with her because I got to take her to appointments and it in now. And I was talking to her and she told me, she's like, isn't this, you know, the dream that God had gave you? And I said, yeah. She said, well, you need to go because whether you hear or not, God is going to do what he's going to do. And that was really, really powerful to me. I love my Gigi. I love both of my grandmas. I will fight y'all over my grandmas. And <laughs> I, mean, I mean, straight up, Peter in the garden, cut your ear off. Try me. <laughs> I love my grannies, granny gang all day. Um, and so my dad ended up getting into an accident. Whole trash situation with the hospital. They almost killed him. So I'm like emotionally exhausted. I get home, 
literally four days later, my grandmother calls me and is like, I'm ready for hospice. That was the deal that we made. That when she was tired of doing all the things, she would let me know. And so in that, I did the work. So I had to like separate myself from being the granddaughter to being the healthcare provider, to be able to have empathy, to know the level of pain that she's in. Um, I'm in there having conversations with um, the doctors about my grandmother wanting to not be resuscitated and not being able to fall apart in the middle of that conversation, but being able to do it in a way, like from a professional standpoint, and then drop her off after we had lunch and then cried in her (laughs) driveway, right? Then having to um, come up against the resistance of, you know, family members who may not understand, uh, you know, me supporting her in that, but then having to tell them, like, if you've never done CPR, stop talking to me. Because we say, if you don't break ribs, you're not doing it right. And that's not, that's not the light. That's not the way this is ending. Right. Um, but the whole time believing God for her healing, praying for her healing. So she passed away. Um, she, she did much better on hospice than I would have expected. Like, you know, she was, she probably would have passed away sooner. Had we not gone on hospice, she quit eating. She wasn't feeling good, all of that. And after she died, of course, I was a ball and just a mess. Um, But I was at church and it just was not hitting. Like I was going through the motions, but I was not mentally present. And I was like, God, what's good? Like literally in church talking to him, what is going on? And he said, you mad? (laughs) I said, you know what? Actually, I am mad. I'm just like boohoo crying. I am mad. Because you have said that if you pray for heavenly and stuff, right? <laughs> and I prayed for her to get healed. And then God checked me because my perspective was off. He said, "Who? she's with me. So where is she not healed at? Hmm. Because her healing did not manifest in the way that you thought it should. You feel like your prayers are not effective, which is quite the opposite. He's like, look, like, look at her life. My grandma, she didn't... Um, she did not do the normal progression of hospice where they like stop talking, stop eating, blah. Like she just passed. Cause I was like, man, she she's not gonna like she she didn't want a hospital bed in her house because it didn't go with the decor. <laughs> she was like, no, nah, I want to keep my vanity. I said, you can't yeah, have like, yeah. yeah. baby, just like somebody sitting in their ways, baby. They are like, she I like it just like fly. this. She was fly. I, 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 I mean, hat, shoes, girl, what do you want? Post office. Why are you dressed like this? (laughs) Right. So to me, it was in a way that was seemed abrupt to me because I thought I had more time. I thought the progression was going to happen. And at the very least, I could fly home and be with her when that happened. And it didn't. And so I was upset. (laughs) I was really upset. And so what God had to show me was one, that she was fully healed. Mm. And then two, she got exactly what she asked for. Mm-hmm. Like, you really think your Gigi would have been happy with one of y'all having to change her and turn her every two hours? That's that's not even who she is a little bit. Yeah. Like the hospice people was, uh, my mama was laughing because the hospice nurse was like, Miss McDonald, you're supposed to be using your, your walker. And she was like, this is my house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. So be even that re- the resistance of, or the perspective of resistance being something that because it didn't, it didn't come out in the way that I wanted 
or in the way that I felt like it should. And God is so good that as we were cleaning up her house, um, I cleaned out her office desk and I found the paper that had uh, where she had like put me in charge of all of her stuff. Hmm. Where she wrote out, because when you do an advanced directive, you have to write out exactly what you want. And in that moment, I bawled because she got exactly what she wanted. She did. So although I felt like I was upset that my prayers didn't work, she her prayers got answered because she said, mm-hmm. I got my backpack and I'm waiting on, on the on the Lord. And I was like, Can you please stop saying that? <laughs> you quit saying that to me. <laughs> Say it to somebody else. So in her, like her prayers, like who am I to where her prayers could not be answered? And God is so good that He answered both. She has full rest of, like, you know, she's fully restored and in the presence of God and her, she's not suffering pain. And I couldn't even imagine her being alive during the pandemic, right? So there were things that, that God knew was coming on the pipeline that, because I was freaking out about people going over, to, over there during flu season. And so in being able to get the resistance and having that authenticity mm. with God, if you can do that, he will, he will, I can see clearly now. I had to repent <laughs> because I was like, actually, you're right. Not for my emotions, not for me being upset, but for me even doubting the fact that he heard my prayers. Big facts. Right? Like, he's not yeah. going to lie and, or none of that. And I think in the moment, sometimes you have to, like you said, I am mad right now. You have to feel the emotion yeah like you have to feel what it feels like to get past it because and again everybody is not super emotional there are some people who can kind of like compartmentalize it and move on and that's fine and but in some ways you have to be able to notice this is causing an impact in the way that Mm -hmm. I'm communicating with God the way I'm viewing him the way that I'm not receiving because you become very like emotion can really impact the way you, you view things. And essentially what you're describing is just the disappointment mm-hmm. of you not answering my prayer. Yeah. And this disappointment can immediately turn into resentment, which can turn into bitterness and you yeah. become bitter towards God yeah. to where then you can spend years being angry about something that happened years ago mm-hmm. without coming to the full acceptance of forgiveness and saying, God, you're right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that just becomes a part of recognizing you, you sometimes don't have the awareness of it because you've never been taught it. Yes. I do try to tell people like, you have to learn this Mm -hmm. by doing the work. Yeah. And the work is ghetto with the, like it is ghetto, but rather you, rather you stay in the place of comfortability of things you know and never be able to get to, to get to experience. I feel like the freedom of understanding your emotional space, yes. but also do the work and and then work through it because it hurts more than it feels good. Yeah. Sometimes it's like I'm thinking more than I probably should. But then there's awareness for me to know what the enemy is trying to fight me against. Like Mm -hmm. when you are able to know what your opposition is trying to hit you with, it's a different type of ball game. Like you can, you can be like, oh no, I'm good. Yep. Return to Mm sender. Period. 
I pray you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Make sure you stay connected with us throughout the week by following us over on Instagram at God Goals and Girl Talk, hitting us up on Twitter at GGGT Podcast, and checking out our website, www.godgoalsandgirltalk.com. The website is lit. It has a free resource library, and you can search podcast episodes based on topics, all the things, okay? So until next week, continue to love God, love people, and love yourselves, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.